You're listening to The Whatcom Report, a Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce program in partnership with KGMI. Good morning and welcome to The Whatcom Report, a program of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce in partnership with KGMI. And I am your host this morning, Guy Atchigrasso, President and CEO of the Chamber. Uh, it feels like it's been a minute since I've hosted the show, so it's good to be back. Uh, and this morning, we're going to have what I think is going to be a really interesting dialogue. It's one of, in our community, uh, one of the conversationalists uh, that I value so much in our community. Uh, she and I have these great dialogues, and I think it's one of those amazing feelings where both people can feel heard. And so uh, we're going to be talking with one of our county council members. Um, and so stay tuned, grab your cup of coffee or your beverage of choice, and we'll be right back uh, to continue the conversation. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays, especially a warm and comfortable home. This year, deck the halls with an upgrade to your heating and cooling system and get a free water heater. Hi, I'm John Barron, owner of Barron Heating AC Electrical and Plumbing. From a new heat pump to a heating and cooling system upgrade, we're offering special incentives this holiday season, sure to warm your home and fill your heart with joy. Family owned and operated for over 50 years, Barron backs all our work with 100% satisfaction guarantee and five-star customer service. For a limited time, Barron is offering a free water heater with the purchase of a new heating and cooling system or $500 off the HVAC system of your choice. With short wait times, fast track to installation, and flexible payment options, you'll be happy in a million ways because for the holidays, you can't beat warm, sweet home. Barron, your full-service HVAC electrical and plumbing contractor. Our mission, improving lives. Dedicated to service, shining a light on local individuals, law enforcement, and groups giving back to our community. Brought to you by Neater House of Luxury in Bellingham. Dedicated to service acknowledges the Whatcom Literacy Council staff, volunteers, and the many community contributors who helped make this year's literacy breakfast a huge success. More than $30,000 was raised to help fund free adult literacy programs in Whatcom County. Improved literacy is a key component to help people become more empowered, employable, and and better able to care for themselves and their families. And this money will help provide free tutoring and small group classes for hundreds of local adults motivated to learn. Dedicated to service. Brought to you by Neater House of Luxury. Voted best jewelry store in the Northwest. This holiday, start with Neater House of Luxury for their beautiful selection of jewelry. With unique and custom designs, perfect for the one you love for Christmas and the New Year. Find them at 21 Bellwether Way, Suite 107, next to Lombardi's Back Patio. Neater House of Luxury. Welcome back to the Walk Report. I'm your host, Guy Trigrasso, and we are here. Um, I'm not going to say with one of my favorite elected officials because that's probably not appropriate to say, but we are here with one of our county council members, Kaylee Galloway, who I've had the pleasure of getting to know through multiple roles for a number of years now. Uh, and I invited Kaylee to come on this morning's show just to talk a little bit about what makes her tick and what are her passion points. Just a great opportunity to get to know um, one of our county council members and also using it as an update to what's going on at a county council level. So Kaylee, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the conversation this morning. And so what we do here is we always ask the voices on the other end, other than me, to do a little bit of a biography. Tell tell us who you are. Oh, well, good morning. And Guy, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited for the opportunity to tell you a little bit more about me and what we're working on in Whatcom County. Um, so I moved to Bellingham over a decade ago. Uh, I was a student at Western Washington University. Um, got my degree in politics, philosophy, and economics with minors in energy policy and law diversity and justice. So I always say, if I can say all that in one breath, I've done a good job. Um, but what it what it says to me is I've had an opportunity really early on in my career to engage in some of our community's biggest issues. And so for me, that started with advocacy on campus at the local, state, and federal levels and advocating for students and our access to education um, and all those good ideas. 
Um, so really excited to now call Bellingham home. Uh, I continue to live downtown Bellingham, been here for a while. And so it's been awesome to get to engage with our community. Um, I lived in Washington, D.C. for about a year and a half. I worked for Senator Cantwell and so got to experience the nation's capital and working for Congress and then had the chance to move back here. And I worked for Congresswoman Susan Del Bene um, in her Mount Vernon office, which obviously her district's changed quite a bit now, but I had my um, opportunity to engage Whatcom and Skagit counties and frankly, in more of the rural areas and got to see that things are very different in our rural communities. Um, went back to grad school at the University of Washington Bothell and got my master's in policy studies um, and really uh, pleased that I've been able to apply some of that knowledge here in my job on county council. Um, I've also worked for the state legislature for Representative um, Deborah Lacanoff in the 40th Legislative District. So some may call me a government nerd. I think that's totally fair. Um, but I've really gotten to enjoy my time on the Whatcom County Council um, and just wrapping up my second year of my first term. Um, and I represent District 1, which is roughly south half of Bellingham. Um, but I find that when time comes to be behind the dais, it's about representing all of Whatcom County and making sure we're moving forward in a positive way. Yeah. Well, you probably hear from the entire county, too, right? Like people don't tend to stick to their districts or wards if we were in the city. Um, and so one of the things that I really value about your experience, um, and I imagine you probably hear uh, a, a lot of um, a lot of people, right, our community that don't understand the delineation of districts and jurisdictions. And so I think your voice as an elected is really powerful because you have a federal perspective, you have the state perspective, and now you have this local perspective. And not saying that our other electeds don't tiptoe into other jurisdictions. But I find, and given this, this may be the need to support civics education a lot more than we do in our K-12 systems, but I think there's a lot of um, confusion. Uh, not a lot of people understand the delineation of those jurisdictions. And so that is something that I always know I've got with you in dialogue is just like, that's not, I'm a county council, that's not my job, right? And I think that's really important when we talk about good government and sound, functional, efficient government is everybody's got their role in their place. And so I just I just wanna say thank you because I appreciate that experience that you bring to the table because I don't believe anyone else checks that box. Um, uh, with that said, um, you kind of mentioned you're completing your first two year term. And so how's it been? It's, well, I guess it's a little different than being an aide to a state elected and a, a national elected, uh, but just kind of curious what your experience has been. Yeah, this is a great <clears throat> question. I mean, I love the fact that I can serve on county council and bring that multi-layer government experience. I think it's really helped us work better together um, in recognizing that we all have a role to play. And so being able to build relationships with the city of Bellingham um, and also with our state legislature and our members of Congress, um, being able to work together to solve some of our community's biggest challenges. So I think that was a huge area of opportunity the county council had was in that sort of intergovernmental relations. I've been really pleased to step um, into that. So, you know, for example, I sit on the Whatcom Council of Governments. So I work closely with all of our cities in the port. Um, I serve as our representative on the Washington State Association of Counties. So I'm working with folks like me all across Washington State. Um, and then I also do my best to make it out to DC and um, through the National Association of Counties. So Little Whatcom County is represented very well at every level of government. And I'm just doing my part in, in making sure that happens. Um, other than that, I mean, it's been kind of like drinking from a fire hose. Um, there's so much to learn. Every day I learn something new. I mean, that's the beautiful nature of the job. Um, no two days are alike. Um, I really root most of my work in community. And so a lot of the policy issues that I've been working on is what I'd call community driven. Um, mm -hmm. These are issues that folks have come to me with um, interested in problems to solve. And we're just doing our best to roll up our sleeves and see what we can do about. So in my first um, two years on council, I've gotten to work on issues around land use planning and our upcoming comprehensive plan on issues around forestry and housing and homelessness 
broadband um, and other economic development and workforce development. So I'm excited to dive in a little deeper yeah. some of those topics later. Totally. Yeah. Um, so kind of a curiosity that I have, because I think our local, I've always said um, about voting, right? Like voting is so critical and so important in our government and our systems, but so many people just focus on the big elections, right? And I think I've always felt like you can have more influence and the local things will have probably more impact on your daily life than a lot of the federal level things. And there are some exceptions to that, of course. Um, and so when we think about this role compared to your engagement, given not as an elected, but very much in the system, do you feel that drinking from the fire hoses, you put it, is that related to the diversity of topics that you have to engage with as a county council member comparatively to, let's say, maybe having a couple of focus areas at other levels? Yeah, well, you know, as the saying goes, all politics are local. Um, so I've really seen that firsthand. And for me, one of my motivators um, for running for county council was recognizing these really big societal community issues that we were facing, that they really can and should be addressed at the local level. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've really done a little bit of both, right? I have mm -hmm. topics that I've been able to lean in on and really focus hard on. Um, but then the there's also the day-to-day -day aspects of being on county council. You know, we just had our last meeting of the year on Tuesday. I think we had um, nearly 40-something um, agenda items just on our finance committee. So just, these are just contracts. These are just funding requests that we're working on. So just any given day, any given meeting, there's a number of issues that county council members are responsible for having an understanding of. And these are all issues that you that folks care about. And so really mm -hmm. making sure that we're addressing those concerns in meaningful ways and that we're being good stewards of the taxpayer dollar. I think that's on everybody's mind every time that we make a decision. Mm -hmm. Well, great. So I look forward to diving in. So we are to the point where we've got to take our first break uh, or second break. I'll, I'll lose count. I can't remember. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to be back talking with Kaylee, talking about all of the things um, all the, the the details of that workload uh, and all the different important things going on in Walking County. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Hi, it's Scott from Northwest Sleep Solution in Fairhaven. You know, I've sold mattresses in Bellingham and Washington County for a lot of years now. And I got a call from a lady the other day that was asking about our selection. She wanted one of these memory foam beds in a box you can get online, and we don't carry that. And she says, well, how do you have the best selection? So I explained to her the best selection often means not only what you do carry, but what you don't carry as well. And so at Northwest Sleep, rather than memory foam, we carry Tempur-Pedic as the highest rated mattress on the planet. Rather than some of the generic coil beds out on the market, we carry Beautyrest, the invented of the pocket of coil. We carry things that we believe in and we don't carry things we don't. So come see us at Northwest Sleep Solutions on the corner of 10th and McKenzie in Fairhaven. This is Heidi Person, General Manager of the Cascade Radio Group, with a look at some good news in our community that we like to call the upside. This fall, the Wadka Museum's Family Interactive Gallery, or FIG, has launched Low Sensory Sundays for kids ages 12 and younger with sensory processing and autism spectrum needs. One Sunday every other month, the Lightcatcher Building on Flora Street will open early at 10 a.m. to offer a dedicated time reserved for kids and their families to require a quieter environment to focus, explore, and make art. During Low Sensory Sundays, lights and sounds are turned low, and tools such as gloves, activity cue cards, timers, and headphones are provided. These tools are also available every day at the front desk at both of the museum's buildings for people to use anytime. The Upside is brought to you by R.B. Wick and Bellingham Coin Shop. Stop by today for a free coin or antique evaluation. 1806 Cornwall, one block south of Bellingham High School or at bellinghamcoin.com. If you have good news to report, email it to us at theupside at cascaderadiogroup.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. 
Welcome back to the Wacom Report. Uh, the the Wacom Report radio program is a program of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce in partnership with KGMI. And you can tell that it's been a little bit since I've done this. I'm a little out of practice, but that's why uh, I'm so glad to have Kaylee here, someone that I can, again, you know, say something foolish with and not be, you know, criticized too hard. Uh, but uh, Kaylee, thank you again so much for being here. And part of the conversation that we were just having was about the all the different pieces, right? All of the different talking points and topics and pain points and concerns of our community of, you know, 230, 240,000 humans um, and the workload that kind of comes with uh, being a county council person. And I think speaking to what we were talking about, the the specificity that you have to go into, right? You have to be an expert at all of the things. And so you have been um, advocating, I guess, developing is probably a better word, a program for interns. And so talk to me a little bit about that program and how that may help that whole thing. Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, for me, workforce development is such an important issue, especially since we are home to so many different amazing um, academic programs, post-secondary, K through 12. Um, and so for me, it was all about how do we build a pipeline for the next generation of young professionals to get their foot in the door. Um, and so for me, uh, county government is an exciting opportunity for folks that are in school or just graduating from a program um, who are interested in local government and policy and serving their community, a way for them to, to uh, experience that. And so um, last year, I was really excited um, to support funding in our council office budget to stand up an internship program. And so this is an exciting opportunity. We've had a couple interns already, and we'll be looking for new interns next year. Um, they help us in research and helping us draft resolutions and ordinances. Um, just really getting to know the community and the issues that the community cares deeply about. So again, that's just something I feel very strongly about is, you know, we're educating such an incredible pool of talent in our community. And how do we get folks to stay here? Because um, as I Guy always says, uh, let's let's live, work and play and learn in Wacom County. So I'm going to take that one from him. But um, yeah, oh, Guy, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> no, I absolutely did. Um... And I think kind of speaking to that, um, like we have this at what I would call an education infrastructure pipeline, if you will, um, that is robust. Like so many communities would, uh, they work to create a space where you you have a four-year institution, you have a world-renowned community college, uh, award-winning technical college, and then a uniqueness to represent a community like the Northwest Indian College, right? Like we we check a lot of boxes um, as far as our educational infrastructure. With that comes this influx of youth and young people. And yes, you and I have talked about this. How do we how do we keep that? How do we stop that sucking sound uh, coming up from the south? Whether that is Greater Puget Sound, Seattle, California, Arizona, apparently now is a thing. Um, but taking a pause on that conversation maybe a little bit later, um, I'm curious as to your perspective as the young elected. Um, I believe you're the youngest county council member to ever be elected. Um, and so talk a little bit about that perspective and maybe the importance of having young voices? Oh, absolutely. I care so passionately about this, ensuring that our next generation has a seat at the table. I think something that I've really noticed is younger folks just have such a passion and an energy and a sense of urgency um, when we're having these important 
political and policy conversations. And so being able to leverage that in positive ways. Um, so really being able to um, engage our next generation in issues like housing and homelessness and behavioral health and bringing folks to the table. So that's something that I definitely feel like I've brought to the table is that sense of urgency and is recognizing that um, there's a lot of people struggling in our community right now, whether that's just trying to keep a roof over their heads or food on the table, um, getting their kiddos to childcare or school um, and making sure that they feel a sense of job security and that they're making um, an affordable wage that they can afford to live here in Whatcom County. And we're seeing that affordability is not keeping pace. Um, and so just trying to really focus on the, the, the economic and the social equity components of that, um, mm -hmm. all while trying to deal with the looming um, nature of climate change. And so uh, really just thinking ahead and not just for our generation, but the next seven generations and what that looks like for our community. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about that, like you mentioned some big topics, right? Affordability, um, economic development, climate, um, the document, the plan, if you will, that addresses a lot of that is our comprehensive plan, our comp plan, as you often hear about it. And the city has a comp plan, and then the county has a broader comp plan, um, both of which are kind of being started, the process for being started right now. And so talk to me a little bit about Absolutely. That. I probably need another hour, but I won't yeah, take a full we're gonna hour. We're going to keep right? this one really high level. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the comprehensive plan is a way for uh, local governments to plan for the future, thinking about growth, population growth projections, thinking about how we're going to house our community, thinking about where our jobs are going to be, um, thinking about our infrastructure. So that could be transportation infrastructure, as an example. Um, and also thinking about climate resilience, that's going to be a new component of our comprehensive plan this upcoming cycle. Um, so we'll be kicking off the process in a really meaningful way next year. There'll be lots of opportunity for community engagement and input into the comprehensive plan. Um, and ultimately, our county needs to be um, com complete with our update in, by June of 2025. So that sounds like a really long ways away, but it's going to be it's here not. so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not far away at all. Um, yeah, and I'm really fascinated about this. I mean, I think as as a business advocate, I mean, I think most people know where my, I don't want to say priorities lie, because I think we have to, we have to lean in on all of the things, right? And I think we as a community have struggled on leaning into being ready, aware, thoughtful with climate change, saying yes to housing humans, um, and doing so at making things affordable, like really pinging on those three things is part of, I think, our lack of affordability is we've pushed really hard on certain levers, um, but not pushed equitably to create a sustainable environment for particularly housing, right? And again, most people know where I stand on housing advocacy. And so we don't wanna to go too, too deep down this complicated set of pieces, but we're gonna take the next couple of segments and talk a little bit about each one. Um, and so maybe there's some different perspectives out there that uh, we don't know about. And as a, again, as an elected, you're probably up to speed on a lot of the the newest information. So uh, we are to our next space. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Now you can mow, dig, grade, haul, and more with the perfect solution for your property, a Branson tractor. Save your back and your wallet with one of our compact but powerful tractors here at Farmers Equipment Company. Stop by and choose from our full line of Bransons to take on your toughest tasks. With tractors from 19 to 55 horsepower, we have a Branson compact or utility tractor that is perfect for you. Want to use a rotary cutter to tame that tall brush on your property? You can do that. 
What about snagging a scoop from that pile of gravel to maintain your driveway free of potholes? You can do that too. Branson's six-year warranty along with our factory-trained technicians will make sure your new tractor is always running great. Get the tractor you want and the peace of mind you need at Farmers Equipment Company. To learn more, visit us online at FarmersEquip.com or stop by our locations in Linden or Burlington today. Farmers Equipment Company, serving the Pacific Northwest for over 86 years. Generosity pays, and West Edge Credit Union wants to encourage a little generosity. Now through the end of the year, receive an extra quarter point discount interest rate on any car, truck, or motorcycle loan from West Edge, and no payments for 90 days when you donate $25 to a local charity. Now that's a win-win. Offer valid through December 31st on approved credit. See West Edge for details. West Edge Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA, on the corner of James and Alabama. Online at westedgecu.org. The mysterious, the obscure, the strange. In some cases, it is the animal reactions that led to the sighting. Coast to coast. In France, Marius DeWild said that his barking dog caused him to go outside to see what had startled it. He saw something on the nearby railroad tracks and then two small creatures. A beam of light shot out from that object momentarily paralyzing him. Every night at 10 p.m. and beyond on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city. But sometimes things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI traffic alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com. Mornings are busy. That's why the KGMI Morning News is your perfect ticket to the world. While you rush to get ready, hear the very latest local, state, and national news, your KGMI AccuWeather forecast, sports with Mark Skolton, the latest money news, and all the information you need for a great start to your day. The KGMI Morning News, 6 to 9 a.m. each weekday on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. Hey, you, in the yard. Is shoveling your sidewalks and driveway your idea of a fun winter activity? It sounds frosty and not in a jolly kind of way. Maybe it's time to put down the shovel and call Vista Materials. With ice melt available in 50-pound bags, by the pallet, or truckload, your winter just got warmer. Vista Materials even delivers so you can be mere minutes away from a shovel-free winter. Visit Vista Materials in Ferndale or vistamaterialsinc.com to order yours today. Order some fire would too while you're at it i'll go make you some cocoa the latest local news and important topics of the day from the west mechanical studio tired of inefficient heating poor indoor air quality and rising energy bills contact west mechanical today to explore going ductless with a system from mitsubishi electric heating and air conditioning find them at westmechanical.net get the latest news and information 24 7 with kgmi news talk 790 96.5 fm in bellingham and kgmi.com Welcome back to the Walk From Report. I'm your host, Guy Grasso, President and CEO of the Bellingham Regional Chamber. And we're here with Kaylee Galloway, County Council Member. Um, and we were having just kind of a general dialogue, right, about the comp plan and all of the different buckets that it pushes on. Um, and the comp plan being this every 10-year kind of effort. But a lot of the stuff that's in there that you're engaging with constantly right um and so we'd mentioned climate change and affordability and economic development and so really starting at the base level of basic needs and so basic needs can look like housing and child care and food security which is this thing that i think our community is newly grappling with um and so again let's get the housing conversation out of the way first but more specifically, and this is one of those topics that I think hits on a lot of things, is homelessness. Um, and homelessness for me is this really broad umbrella that encompasses a lot of dialogue. Um, and so what, what are you seeing from a county council perspective regarding to the work of engaging, 
finding solutions, funding, care uh, for those experiencing homelessness. Yeah, well, you know, one of our responsibilities in this upcoming comp plan for the housing element will be addressing um, housing affordable to all economic segments in our community. And so when you hear me talk about housing and probably Guy too, you you hear about us talking on the sort of that continuum of, of housing. And so really starting on one end of that continuum is our neighbors who are homeless. And we're seeing such a rapid increase, right? Our last point in time count, um, which is when folks go out in the community and try to get a good estimate of how many folks are unhoused. Um, at that it, moment. At that moment in time. Um, it's not a perfect system, but it's what we have. And it showed a huge increase. And so really seeing a huge need for more shelter, um, not only year-round shelter, which we currently have some of with base camp, but also seasonal shelter. And so as we enter in winter months, we're thinking about winter shelters and severe weather shelters. And so we continue to work with um, our nonprofit partners in the community um, to help them stand up shelter. And then Whatcom County um, is, is standing up our own severe weather shelter this year as well. So that'll be available to folks when the threshold um, gets hit, which is 28 degrees, and that's really cold, and we know that, and we're trying to do better, but these are important conversations because um, this time of year, folks die um, out on the streets, and we don't want to lose any more of our community members. And how do we, any given, this is a big conversation, right? This is a hard conversation, is how do you approach it when so much of the dialogue is no right? Like, can't put that here. Like, how do you approach that? Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is just trying to get everyone together to have these conversations and try to figure out how to get to a yes and how to be creative in our thinking. Um, at the end of the day, this is a huge and growing need, and the county alone is not able to to take it on. We need our community partners. We need the city. We need the state. We need the federal. We need tribal governments. We need all of our partners coming together um, because this is a crisis um, that's not just felt in our community. It's felt across mm -hmm. the state. And so I don't know that we can get away with just saying no anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really having to stretch our abilities and our capabilities and our capacity, which we are doing um, but definitely, you know, these are the issues that keep folks up at night. You know, I know our team is working really hard in the county to make sure um, that the services are are being available to all folks. Yeah, it was interesting. I was on a, a phone call or phone call. I was on a Zoom call uh, with a Zoom webinar. Let's get specific uh, with some chamber colleagues. It's a learning opportunity to see what other communities and other chambers were doing about homelessness specifically. And I'm I'm an, an advocate, I guess, to a point. I'm very educated on the topic, right? I'm a longtime board member for Lydia Place. I was on both um, failed attempts at the homeless strategies work group process. Um, on, speaking of base camp, on as a downtown business uh, representative, I'm on the neighborhood advisory committee for base camp. And I was shocked to hear um, what some of our uh, comparable communities in other parts of uh, the western half of the United States are seeing as far as homelessness and kind of, it, we mentioned like the point in time count. So in 2022, trying to get my years right since we're so close to the, the year changeover. So I think for 2022, we were like 800 and something and then this year, earlier this year, 2023, we were 1,200, 1,100, something like that, this huge increase. Um, and on this webinar, I think it was Marietta, California, so closer to some metropolitan areas of Southern California. And then the other one was Kalispell, Montana, I believe. Their point in time counts were in the double digit. One was like 30. And I'm like, what are we doing so wrong here um, that our homeless population at a point in time, right? And I think this is, it's not a census. It's a point in time. It's to give us trends, right? Why is it so much worse here? 
Yeah. I, I don't well, know. I mean, I, I'll ask the question and I recognize it's more proverbial question than a more rhetorical question than something I would expect you as a single elected to know about. Um, I certainly feel it has to do with housing supply. That's For me, that's got to be a component of it. Um, and so taking a look at housing as a basic need, like what is, how does that play into it from your perspective? Yeah, well, going back to that concept of housing on a continuum, it it really means that if if any point on our spectrum is blocked or behind, um, we're going to feel that all the way down. And so just working through it, right, we have shelter and from shelter, we try to connect folks to services, try to connect them to more stable housing. We do have transitional housing. It's typically available for folks um, in two to three months or think about that. Um, then we have permanent housing, some of which is supportive. So folks who need access to more intensive case management. Um, and then we have affordable housing, right? And for these are folks oftentimes our working community members making, you know, between 30% of our area median income to about 80%. Um, and I can probably have those exact numbers. You, you know, I don't. I don't, it's like, um, you know, folks making from like 15,000 a year to, to maybe 40. Um, and then we have this kind of a uh, middle, missing middle, you've probably heard mm -hmm. that term before, a uh, missing middle of folks who can't afford to get in on the market. Right. And then you have the market, which is highly competitive. Um, and in our community, no wonder, it's a wonderful place to live. So lots of people wanting to move here, but it just means that at every one of these spots, um, we don't have enough housing. So going back mm -hmm. to your, your concept of the housing supply, and really housing supply needs to be met at every level of that continuum. And it's just, we can't keep pace with it. Mm -hmm. And what's the best way? Because again, we have to have the housing plan. For, we have to plan for the amount of housing. And we do that via the comp plan. So why, that's why this conversation, we kind of snaked down the rabbit hole. Now we're backing up the rabbit hole. And so what's the best way to ensure or engage the comp plan process to assure that over the next 10 years, we can get as much housing as possible built in Whatcom County? Yeah, I mean, I think our first recognition is that land is precious and it's scarce. And so making best use of the land that we have available. Um, so that's really turning to our cities and saying, okay, how can we grow more and better within city limits or within what they call urban growth areas, which are technically county, but they are adjacent to the city. And so really thinking about how we're how we're building. I think the other thing, we have to be honest about our population growth. You know, we'll be given kind of a low, middle, and high population projection. Um, and so really thinking about um what what does our high high population growth estimates say and what would that look like? Um, because again, I think not only are we a desirable place to live, um, but we're also, um, I think we're going to start to see more climate refugees coming up here, folks mm -hmm. who um, currently live in areas where um, they, you know, temperatures are hot, water is running dry, fires are happening. Um, mm -hmm. And yes, we have some of that here, um, but I think we're we're better off than than most places. And so having to think about um, just being really real with what land is available, how we can grow um, in smart ways and continue to be honest about that population that that is coming. Yeah, and we're getting, uh, we're right up against our next break. And I, th I think, you know, kind of pinging back on two things that we've talked about, one being you know, that housing spectrum, right? If we ever want to lift humans who are experiencing homelessness out of homelessness, they have to have somewhere to go. Right. Like we have to have the permanent supportive housing options, but we also just have to have the housing options, like the rental options that are affordable for people to jump into. And then going back to an earlier conversation regarding youth and young people, like we have so many young people that would love to stay here, whether they were born here and their families are here or they came here for Western. Um, and we need housing to be able to keep to keep those, to keep talent and to keep families together. And that's that's one of the reasons I'm such an advocate. And I'm stepping off my soapbox now. Um, so we are to our next break. So stay tuned and we'll continue the conversation.
If you're hearing this message today and you have faith in Jesus Christ, it's probably not because someone jammed a Bible down your throat. For those of you who have not received this free gift, make this the year that you ask for God's grace. Make this the year that you ask for his endurance and perseverance. If you still have doubts that God came down, born of a virgin, and you're still not convinced he lived a perfect life or that he healed the sick, that he walked on water or even turned water into wine, or maybe you're having a tough time believing a person who's fully human could be crucified, dead, and three days later be alive. If you have doubts about all this, you're not alone. Every Christian I know had some kind of doubt. Make this the year you believe. Believe that he died on the cross for you, that he wants to have a relationship with you, but he'll never force you to love him. But once you fully know all he's done for you, how could you not love him back? Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year in Jesus' name. Amen. From our family to yours here at DD Insurance. The Hawks are back to defend home turf December 18th on Monday Night Football against the reigning NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles, and we're giving you a chance to win your way in. To register, visit this station's website and click the contest tab. Then fill out a registration form for the Seahawks vs. Eagles ticket giveaway, and you could win a pair of tickets to see the Hawks at Lumen Field in primetime. Entries are open until December 15th at 10 a.m. For contest rules and more details, please visit this station's website. Go Hawks! Get informed and inspired with Saturday Morning Live on KGMI. Join a group of knowledgeable hosts as they present a variety of guests and viewpoints on issues important to our area and to you and your family. Sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC at Linden Sheet Metal each Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Welcome back to the Whatcom Report. We're here with Kaylee Galloway, Whatcom County Council member. And we were chatting uh, in the break just now and really kind of having that climate portion of the dialogue. And so let's spend a little bit of time talking about that and what are you seeing? What are your concerns? What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, as I mentioned, I think we are um, a wonderful place to live. And I think a lot of people are going to be moving here because we're a wonderful place to live. Um, But we also have climate impacts that we need to be thinking about. And so when I think about winter, I'm thinking about flooding and I'm thinking about the devastation that happened a couple years ago and how we're still recovering. Um, And then I think about the summertime and I think about droughts and I think about wildfires and smoke in our airs. And uh, and there's a lot in between that we have to think about. And so something I've been really passionate about is working towards the implementation of our climate action plan in Whatcom County. That was something I had the opportunity to co-author with a group of volunteers in our climate impact advisory committee. Um, So really thinking about climate through both a built environment and a natural environment context. So we talked a little bit about housing earlier and really thinking about when we're building new, how are we building energy efficient? How are we building out infrastructure for um, bicycles and pedestrian and transit and electric vehicles? How are we meeting our energy needs and thinking about renewable energy opportunities and sustainable building materials? You know, we uh, love the idea of mass timber and cross-laminated timber, um, but that also means we need healthy forests for that. Um, and so I've been also working really closely with folks on forestry issues. In Whatcom County, we have a huge amount of forest land. Most of it is federal, um, but some of it's state and some of it's local and some of it's private. And so really working together to find this uh, dynamic way of managing our forests for multiple benefits, right? So we want to see management still happening. We want to see um, jobs in the woods and wood in the mills. Um, but we also want to be thinking about climate impacts. And so we're thinking about watershed health, ecosystem services, making sure wildlife has a healthy place to live and thinking about the carbon sequestration and storage benefits. Lots of words, but all very exciting to me and to our community, um, thinking about how we can just keep our East County community safe during flood season, our coastal communities safe as well. So a lot a lot on the agenda here in the upcoming few years. Yeah, totally. Um, and I guess it's, it's, a, it's a strange dichotomy to exist in, right? To recognize that, all of these things are very real 
things coupled with we already have an affordability problem how do we do both can we do both i think we have to do both and i um i think you know a lot of our work has been towards sort of the economy of scale right i mean solar panels are cheaper today than they were a decade ago and perhaps the same could be said for electric vehicles um, but to your point, there's still a long ways to go in making sure these sort of the mitigation and adaptation efforts are accessible. Um, that's where I think the role of government needs to be, right? We need our federal government to step in to help our flood victims with relief. And if that's building a new home or buy, buying out so they can buy somewhere else, if that's lifting their home so they're safe, um, or if that's local climate um, funds helping with building out additional infrastructure. Um, and then the other piece of, of this is making sure our farmlands are still protected. You know, food security, um, yeah, we need food in the market, but it got there because there's a farmer nearby who's um, needs to make sure that, that their crops can sustain the changing climate. So um, there's a lot to do. I think this is where we need to step up at every level of government. You know, this is a global issue. Um, but every level of government has a role in this and and our community members feel quite passionate and we see mm -hmm. that every day. And so just continuing to build upon those those efforts and those passions. Well, and I think one of the things that I see is like a certain segment of our community is really passionate about. Let's take the climate conversation. Um, and I think part of my pain point is <clears throat> it's like you push on a balloon. Right, you push on a balloon, the balloon's going to flex somewhere else, right? And I find a lot of times the conversation is just focused on that spot on the balloon, without any regard to where it's pushing. Um, and so, how do we? Because again, sustainability means to me, you push on that balloon and you understand where the other side of the impact is. And so, how do we have that dialogue? layer layering the lens using the lens uh again of a maybe a comp plan as a tool to engage some of this and it's just so complicated and complicated costs money <laughs> and so and that's what we've seen right like that i think that's one of the reasons we've seen some of the affordability issues in our community um with some of the maybe well-intended, sometimes successful climate initiatives. But that's like, gosh, like we've got to fix that. And so one of the things that you said, and we don't have too much time to go too deep on this, uh, but the food security component, um, can you speak just a little bit about that? Yeah, so Whatcom County recently passed our food system plan. Uh, really an amazing document if you have an opportunity to dive into it. The sad part is we have no dedicated funding to implement the food system plan. Um, and so this is where a lot of our efforts to support our local farmers and our local food banks um, who support each other, right? I mean, we have such a all hands on deck community. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the pandemic uh, certainly uh, made a lot of folks uh, economically less secure. And so we've seen a huge uptick in our um, need for food, food security and access. Um, and so this is something that's definitely weighing pretty heavily on me and a lot in our community. And so trying to find ways for the county to support that, but also to turn around and say, okay, state legislature, hey, Congress, pass a farm bill. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ways that we need to continue sort of working together, all hands in, and uh, yeah, but that starts with keeping a local food source. And that's why it's really important that as we grow and plan that we're not doing so at the extent, um, at the expense of converting important agricultural lands. And so again, that's why it's important to, to drive density in cities and in UGAs, urban growth yeah. areas, um, so that we can protect our forests and our farmlands and our other working lands. So it right. all is connected. It, it's all connected. And I think one of the things we have to do better as Whatcom County is when we're talking about supporting farmland is we're talking about working land. Because I think a lot of times we talk about farmland and again, this is what some people say something, but they mean something else. They're really meaning green space, 
right? Lack of something being there. <clears throat> so I, I think it's a nuanced conversation, right? And so I think we 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 have to do better, I guess, leaning into some of your intentions there. So uh, we are to a next break. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. A crisp company logoed shirt or uniform from Bergen. Whatcom County's local logo apparel experts makes your employees look and feel more professional. Bergen pairs their commitment to personal service with professional results, specializing in embroidery and all kinds of logoed promotional products. Unlike when you place an order online, Bergen's guarantees that your order will be completed on time to your specifications with a smile. Get your logo on the best brand names out there from North Face, Carhartt, Columbia, Russell Outdoor, Adidas and Izod, Van Heusen, Tommy Hilfinger, and more. Your employees will want to rep your brand in Bergen's logoed work apparel. And why not start a new company tradition with Employee Milestones Appreciation Customized Gear? Elevate your brand with Bergen Customized Company Apparel. From polos to sweatshirts, ball caps to bags and more. Bergen does it all. Give them a call to get a quote within 24 hours. Or stop by the showroom Monday through Thursday on Iron Gate in Bellingham. And online at bergenembroidery.com. Heating emergencies happen when your house is freezing. You need help and make it quick. Contact Clean Air Heating and Cooling. Their trucks are ready to go with everything needed to repair your Lennox furnace, heat pump, or fireplace. This winter, keep Clean Air Heating and Cooling on speed dial for all your heating emergencies. Call or text 398-9400 for 24-7 repair service. When heating emergencies happen, count on the professionals at Clean Air Heating and Cooling, a Lennox dealer. Online at callcleanair.com. In the shop. And I saw a little headline that says, uh, how much does it cost to replace the Ford F-150 Lightning's battery? I thought, that ought to be interesting. Kurt from Angler, Brian from Dr. John's, and Dan from Bellingham and Burlington Automotive. The cost around, are you ready for this? 30000 bucks. Join them on In the Shop, 9 to 10 a.m. every Saturday on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Welcome back, and Kaylee, thank you so much for joining uh, me this morning on the Walkroom Report. Uh, it was so great to chat with you in this kind of structured environment. I get the, the privilege to chat with you often. Um, and so, yeah, thank you for taking the time. You have any final thoughts? Just thank you so much for having me here. You know, I want to just end by saying we have such an amazing community. We're all in this together, and I truly believe that uh, Whatcom County is a great place to work, live, play, and learn. So thank I, you. Absolutely. And again, with that, um, I'll take the opportunity because we didn't even touch on this. Kaylee's a Leadership Whatcom alum. Leadership Whatcom is a program that we run at the Chamber. It's a comprehensive community leadership development program. So we always love to see when we have elected leaders come out of the program and also various other community leaders, corporate leaders, um, and it's really leaning on that intention of we get to make this place even better through being able to live, learn, work, and play. And with that, uh, we'll conclude. Kaylee, thank you so much for joining me, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.